Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. Okay, we are back with a really fun interview today. I feel like we've been saying that a lot with all of our interviews, but they've been amazing guests. good lineup. We hope you guys have enjoyed because it's been fun. We're kind of in a streak of like a couple interviews now. So, yeah, it's been fun. Yes, well, we have Emily Jensen here with us today. Emily, thanks for coming on Going There. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a joy to be here. Yeah, we're excited. Yes, we cannot wait for you guys to hear more from Emily today. If her name sounds familiar to you, she is the other half. We have actually had the first half, but this is the other half of the Risen Motherhood podcast. And so Samantha and I have talked about that podcast on our platform before. We are huge fans of what they do, the work they put out. And so we're excited to talk to Emily today because we've talked to your sister-in-law, Laura as well. So welcome, Emily. And we're glad you're here. Do people think you guys are sisters sometimes? Do they get confused about that dynamic? Yeah. And sometimes people don't know that we're related at okay. all. Yeah. Because we have different last names. I'm married to one of Laura's brothers. So yeah, it's always fun. We're sister-in-laws. We're best friends. Our oldest sons are also best Aww. friends now. Oh, so sweet. we do a lot of life together. That's it's really And how sweet. old is your oldest? My oldest is 11. He's in fifth grade. Okay. okay. That's so fun. That's really yeah, fun. I probably, I feel like people never think we're sisters, but I feel like yeah. when you have a podcast or like a joint project like that, people think you're a lot of different things. You're just like, yes. probably go with it. You guys are like, yep, yeah. sure, we're sisters. <laughs> yeah, people, we're friends. People like to ask us like off air a lot of times, like, what's y'all's dynamic? And we're like, no, because I guess you could come in and do this with someone that you're just more like an acquaintance with, but I'm like, oh no, we're like, almost sister level friendship living life together so yeah sometimes yeah. we'll like say things to each other and it's like oh maybe that was like really close I don't know it just sounds more like a sister than like a friend I don't well, know we were talking prior to getting on the podcast Emily and Laura are like OGs in the content creation space for Christian women and so we look up to you all a lot but yeah a lot of people ask us that how has it changed your all's dynamic of like your relationship what's that like definitely we had to learn to not just be family, not just be friends, but also work together. And right, there is some different dynamics involved. Like you have to be so vulnerable when you're creating content with someone else, right? Because you're kind of like making your mistakes with them and you're figuring it out with them. And that was like really hard in those early years because neither of us knew what we were doing. One of us would throw an idea out there. We would try it. We'd kind of mess up together. So I think that you have to be so gentle. You have to have such a trusting relationship with that person that if they need to offer you some feedback or they need to offer you some positive critique, that it's coming from a place of love, that you're on the same team for the same mission, headed in the same direction. And then even like coworkers have to do this all the time, right? Of like, what are our work styles? You know, you know, one person is really, really organized. Another person likes to wait until the last minute. You know, there are all these different work style dynamics that we had to get through in those early years. But I honestly feel like the Lord led us through that. He sustained us through that. Thankfully, I feel like we always put our family relationship, our friendship first. And so that was never a question of like, is this on the line or not? It's like, nope, that is our core thing. And then secondarily, we are in ministry together. But God has really carried us through that, sustained us through those seasons. And now I feel like we're closer than ever. And we both also have like our own paths now that we're on, which has also helped 
allow us to have something together, but then each have our own identity and not feel like, oh, people only think of us as the same person, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's yeah, because even I was like thinking about that even as I asked the question, because yeah, what we're going to talk about today is a new book and devotional you are releasing. And we got to talk to Laura about her new book. And so it is interesting as you guys have like, yeah, grown in your wisdom and what God is teaching you too. you're able to then use your gifts to then move forward in doing different things too, which is really fun. So yeah, then I like answering the question because we're always like, it is funny. We have to be really intentional in our relationship. We have a lot of like come to Jesus is what we call it of just like, hey, I need friend time with you that like we're working too much. And like you just have to it is really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I laughed and smiled at yeah. Samantha when you said that because it's really true. <laughs> well, and hard. we've kind of just jumped in. But will you spend a minute just telling us about who you are, your work, your family, all of those dynamics? Of course. So I live with my husband, Brad, in central Iowa, and we have five kids ranging in ages from 11 to six. So you can tell by that we had five kids in five years. We have a set of twins in there, but those little years for me were just so intense, so jam-packed. You know, I feel like I was pregnant every year, every other year. And so that really defined a big season of life for me. But now they are all school age. You know, my youngest is in first grade. And so I've really in the last couple of years been like seeing my time and the rhythms of my life shift a little bit, which is exciting. My husband and I are like local small business owners here in town as well, which is a side of me that Nobody online. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't I know that. that. Yeah. No. So I help him with that periodically. I'm, of course, still doing all the mom things, like even though they're in school, like I'm still getting phone calls in the middle of the day about tummy aches. There's early releases. There's volunteering things to be done. So I'm still kind of managing, of course, all the things with the home. And then, of course, I also have a ministry and I have loved just getting to write and speak for the last almost 10 years, I think, online was I entered the blogger scene, maybe in like 2013, 2014. And it's just truly a passion of mine. I love it. And so I am the co-founder of the Ministry of Risen Motherhood with my sister-in-law, Laura, which is who we were just talking about. And then I co-authored a book with her by the same title. And so I still have a role at Risen Motherhood and we podcast together and do all the things over there. So she's just a tad bit busy, you know, everyone. Just a few <laughs> you know things what? going on. I don't even want to say busy because from the little I know about you, I'm sure you're so intentional about how you structure your days and your schedules and when you're on full time as a mom and when you're in work mode. So I love that. That's another good example of like we can have a lot on our plate, but we can still like split those things up accordingly. And one thing I also want to say about you two that I've noticed over the years from just kind of like following along, I can't say I like listen to every episode every year, but coming back and forth is that you two, you live in central Iowa. And I heard you guys say that you are like huge proponents of just like being involved in your local church. And Christian and I feel that way too of like sometimes with Christian influencers or these fears, it's like you can kind of get swept up into like making these people on platforms like you're like fulfilling that itch or need for church. And we're always telling girls like, hey, I'm so thankful that there's all these resources online, but go find a church, go find real people to go get coffee with or go get lunch with or have a play date with. And so that's just something I wanted. I don't know. I just like love that about you guys, because it's not like you guys live in maybe Dallas, Texas, or I don't know, some of these places where it might be a little bit easier to look around and be like, oh, there's a Christian kind of influencer, writer, speaker. You're in Iowa living your life and also able to do this online. I just think that's cool. 
Yes. And I'm just laughing because you guys can come here. Nobody cares who I am. <laughs> like That's my regular life, I noted, people will be noting me like my husband has grown up here and like he's very well known in the community. So it's just a funny dynamic. And I, I praise the Lord for it because it does feel like I have a very full, normal life. And I love that I get to do this online. But yeah, thankfully, that's not my daily life is being steeped in people recognizing me at the store. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, awesome. And honestly, kind of like the Lord's provision and just like protecting you in that way, because that's kind of like a hot topic of right now, just like this like celebrity Christian world. We're like, yeah, some people could look at you and Lauren and be like, wow, yeah, you guys have made it big. You've been really successful. And you're like, yeah, the Lord has blessed us in being able to do what we do. But like that doesn't, yes, change my everyday life. I'm able to be a mom. I'm able to be a wife. I'm able to like sit down at dinner and like have a normal life. And again, just like the Lord's protection being like saying, I'm going to use your gifts as I've given them to you. But I'm also going to like guard your heart in growing in a way that's not of him and actually of like the flesh. So that's really awesome. But we'll jump right in because we're excited to chat with you. You have written a new book. He is strong. So we wanted to just jump in there. What inspired you to write this book? Start us off there. Of course. Well, it's funny because this actually goes back to a really specific moment in time for me. So January 1st, 2021, our son with disabilities, who's our fourth child, had a really sudden and very rare and scary seizure. We did not know that he was prone to seizures at the time. I did not even know that that's what was happening. He just like, I got him up from a nap and he like limped over in my arms and stopped breathing. And it was very, very scary. Of course, later we got a lot more information. We understood a lot more about what's going on. Subsequently, he has been diagnosed with epilepsy and we've been learning to walk through a life with having a child who does have seizures. And so that moment really, really shook me. And so after that, I actually started meeting with one of my pastors on a regular basis just to kind of process through what happened. And I know that sometimes traumatic events in people's lives, if you don't process them, if you don't understand how you're feeling, how to cope with that, it can lead to other mental health issues down the road. And so as I got into counseling. Of course, nothing is ever really isolated, right? We started talking about a lot of things from my past, a lot of other areas where I had felt scared or defeated and things like that. And I realized that pretty much every time we would meet, I would start to say, I'm just a really weak person. I just feel really weak. I'm just such a weakling. Like, that was this word that just kept popping out of my mouth over and over and over again. And of course, my pastor just kind of in a funny way one day said, you should write a book about that. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not going to write about this. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so embarrassed that I feel this way. But the Lord just kind of kept turning that over in my heart over the course of many months. And one day I woke up and just had this idea of like, I don't think I can write a systematic theology of weakness. I don't think I'm going to tackle it in like a Bible study kind of way. But like, what if I could go through God's word and I could think about some of these common experiences of weakness that I have faced that I know other women face, and I could look at them through the lens of scripture. And I could write something that was like short and devotional and pointed women to Christ. Like, I was like, that would encourage me. And if there is anyone out there feeling some 
some of the same things that I'm feeling, I want them to have hope too, because I know that it is available. And I heard someone say one time that people write kind of nonfiction books for one of two reasons. One reason is because you're an expert in a topic and you have a lot of information to share. And another reason is because you know nothing about it and you want to learn. And I really felt like I fit into that latter category. Like I wanted to know, I needed to know what does God say about these things? What does God say about my weaknesses? And I went on a whole journey of learning that through writing this book. And it was a tremendous joy to me. And it was so interesting and so fascinating. And I, I hope it's an encouragement to other women as well. Mm. We're going to keep saying it on going there until you're sick of it. And you probably already are sick of it. But I just love that you wrote it as a devotional, because I think, again, we are really passionate about women being able to read and interpret and know scripture for themselves, that it's really easy and awesome. And it's a great opportunity that we have so many resources out in the world these days that we're able to listen to someone else, what they have to say about their experiences of weakness or whatever they may have like experienced, we can learn from that wisdom, but it is nothing compared to knowing the like alive scripture of God's word, that that is where true healing comes from, comfort comes from, peace comes from. And so I just love that you set it up as that because don't we want to be women who are first going to the word of God to learn and heal and work on the brokenness of, as we are of humans. So it's really awesome. It's good. As you were talking about you feeling weak and you were kind of describing like I was just like embarrassed and like, why am I feeling so weak? As you were saying that, I was like, wow, that's so cool that you were in a place funny to like other people's perspective of what you're going through. It's like, wow, that's cool that you were in a space where you felt that weakness. I almost feel like that was a gift because it's like when we can really acknowledge and understand like, no, we are weak. We are nothing without God being everything for us. That allows opportunity for God to really show up and like work. I know that's such a like cliche thing to say, but I do think sometimes for me, it takes me hitting a really hard trial or circumstance in my life to like remind me again and again of like, no, even if you thought for a year or a few months or a few years that you kind of had this back on your shoulders, like you don't. And thanks for admitting that. And I'm here to carry these burdens. And so I kind of was like loving when you were talking about that. I think it also plays into this idea in our culture that we just hear all these messages right now of, okay, you need to be self-made and everything's kind of like on you and feeling like we have to be the ones to hold everything together and that we really shouldn't show signs of weakness. So let's dig into that weakness. Like, is it okay to feel weak? And how do you define that? Yeah. So the definition of weakness actually surprised me. You know, it's one of those words we use all the time and you think you know what it means, but then when you read it, you're like, hmm, that actually applies to a lot more than I thought it did. And a weakness is literally just having a lack of something that you need. So if you're thinking about it in terms of lifting weights, right? Sometimes we think, oh, my muscles are weak or my muscles are strong. Well, if your muscles are weak, it just means that you lack the muscle fibers and the physical energy you need to be able to lift a certain weight, right? It's a lack. Another way to think about it is an inadequacy or an insufficiency or an area of our life where we just feel like, I don't have enough. I'm not enough, or I don't have enough time, or I don't have enough patience or whatever that looks like. And so if you think about that, 
it encompasses a ton of different areas of life. We can feel weak in all sorts of ways. I think that that was really helpful to me because it was a starting point where you can say, okay, no matter what it is that I feel like I don't have enough of, no matter what area it is that I say I'm inadequate or I'm insufficient or I'm lacking something, we can take every single one of those things to God. And I think sometimes in our culture, we don't want to acknowledge those things, right? It's hard to even get past that step of saying, yep, I'm not very good at that. Or nope, I don't have enough in this area. Whether that's because of a human limitation, like something that God has placed on our lives through our circumstances or through the way he's created us as a human, or it's through even something where we have in sin, like in all of those things, the weight is off when we just go, yep, that's where I'm at right now. This is who I am. This is what I need, Lord. I just wanted to bring up a couple of verses that I think are really encouraging to me when I think about God meeting us in our lack and meeting us in our wisdom. And one is from Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24. And it says, let not the wise boast of their wisdom of the strong of their strength, but let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me that I am the Lord. And so of course, like, when God is looking at us, he's not expecting us to be strong in our own strength, right? If anything, we look at scripture and we see the people who have tried to be strong in their own strength, who've tried to lift themselves up, who are boastful, who are prideful. Well, pride comes before a fall, like, right? God does not like a haughty spirit. What is it that God loves? What does God want us to boast in? What does God want us to be full of is understanding and knowledge of God and turning all of our lives and our hearts to Him. And that's really like that starting point for dealing with our weakness. Hmm, that's that's so, so many good things. Yeah. Just looking at your book some, I haven't been able to obviously read the whole thing, but looking at it some... I know you walk people through just even helping people identify the weakness. Because again, I think it's something that not a lot of us are very good at. We're not trained to. No one's telling us like, hey, what are you really bad at? You know, like we're all like, no, really, what are you good at? That's like we're trained to put that on a resume. We're trained to talk about this is what I'm good at. So you help people identify these weaknesses. But like, why do you think it's so hard for us to rely on God's strength? It's often multifaceted. I think for one, the culture that we live in rewards strength and individuality. That's exactly what you guys were talking about earlier, right? Like we live in a culture where it's like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps with work, grit, determination. You can achieve anything if you work at it long enough. If you just get back up every time you fail, you can achieve your dreams. I mean, I think that that is just built into American culture. And I don't think that every culture is quite that individualistic or is quite that focused on what you can achieve on your own, right? Americans, we also love hero stories, right? The one the person who is... Yes, the American dream, right? We want to see like the one person surpass all challenges. I think we also like reward the A-type personality, which is great, but it's like, Hey, if you're a doer and you're task oriented and you're organized and you are confident and you show up to everything with power and might, like you're going to succeed in our culture. And so people who are not naturally that way struggle and feel bad identifying themselves as something 
something different. Like if the American dream is achieving everything on your own, well, what do you do when you have a disability? What do you do when circumstantially you are in a position where you don't have a lot of resources or you don't have a lot of power and you're doing the best you can with what you have? That puts someone in a position where if they admit that, they have to feel a lot of shame and a lot of embarrassment. And then I think there's just like, the part of us, right? If you want to get to the fall and you want to think about scripture and sin, we don't want to admit that we're messed up. We don't want to admit that we have limits, that we can't do things on our own, whether it's the example of the Tower of Babel, or it's thinking about a leader in scripture, like some of the religious leaders at the time when Jesus was there, like they didn't want to admit that maybe they had some things wrong about the law. Maybe they didn't understand what God was doing through the Old Testament. And when we fail to admit that we have limitations, that we are sinners, that we can't do everything in our own strength, that we are not in control, that's our pride. And humans, like we have pride. And so it's actually difficult for us to say, that we have weaknesses. And so I think that that's one of the things that makes it really hard is that it requires humility. And for most of us, like humility is really uncomfortable, but humility is right where God meets us and begins to do incredible work in our hearts. I start out the devotional, the very first devotion that I wrote was about Isaiah and his vision of the throne room of God and how when he sees God, He falls on his knees and he says, woe is me for I'm a man of unclean lips. And it was like him coming into the presence of God just flattened him, you know, and this is a prophet that was a great religious man in his day. And he was completely laid flat and saw who he was in comparison to God. And I think that At its best, when we're recognizing our weakness, that's what it does for us is it just lays us flat before the Lord so that we can go, woe is me and Lord, I need you. My only hope is that you will come and help me. And thankfully, you know, we know of the character of God and what he's like. He absolutely will. I love that you bring that up, that people view weakness different because built on how just your personality is, how God made you, you're going to view weakness differently. I probably shared this on the podcast, but even as you say that, it reminds me a few years ago, I am an Enneagram three to my core and a type A personality. So what you just said is like, woof, I've heard this a time or two and I need to hear it again. And what's so good for me is a few years ago, I learned or had this person in my life just kind of jokingly say like, no, when I rest, it's a form of worship. Like me going to bed earlier than what I want to is actually me worshiping. And we kind of joked about it and it was like a casual conversation, but then I have actually thought about it since. And I've told this man again, he's a coworker of mine, that I was like, you know what? You actually changed how I thought about that because I am the person who for sure at my home or just at work. Like I'm like, no, I can go do another load of laundry. Like that's loving to my family or I'll go do the dishes so it sets us up for success in the morning. Those things are not bad. But how I also can worship is actually recognizing my lack of. I am not infinite. I am finite. And me actually saying, no, I just need to go to bed early because I'm exhausted and I have limits and God, you are a God of no limits. And therefore like I can rest in just going to bed earlier or really recognizing my weakness in his strength. I know it sounds so dumb, but it was revolutionary for me because it was one of those things I'm like, oh yeah, because I feel like, no, God built me with a big capacity. I feel like I always have to push it all the time. And what I've recognized over my growth, I hope, and growing wisdom 
of the Lord that I'm like, no, I actually need to learn. And it is a good and sweet reminder for me when I have hit my limit and I can recognize, oh, wait, this is God actually stopping and slowing me to give him the praise and what he was like working in me and like giving me the strength to do. But now I need to admit that, hey, I can't do it anymore. And I want to rest and I want to worship you in that rest. So it's not that you're so not cliche. weak for doing so. <laughs> or I am weak, but that's the whole point. You know, yeah. like I am weak and that's okay. Yeah. That he didn't make me a person who's supposed to be the all end, all being, because that's what he is. And so it's just been a way that my mind over and over again, every time I meet a limit or reach my capacity, I'm like, oh, okay, praise God. Thank you. Like I'm just like, I need this reminder because I so quickly can be so prideful and so just like on it in my personality type. So I love that you mentioned that. I have seen you grow in that and I have Thank those you, tendencies Samantha. as well. So I get it. Speaking of all those things that we have on our plate as moms and just as humans in general, as a mom of five, has parenting made you feel more strong or weaker? How has that been for you? And with having a son with disabilities, like has that influenced your feelings of weakness when it comes to motherhood? How have you processed all of that? It's definitely made me feel weaker. <laughs> There's no question there. You know, a lot of us enter motherhood with expectations about what we are going to be like as a mom, what we hope our family will look like. And even when our kids are really little, I think we're still developing a vision of what do I think a godly mom looks like? What do we want our family to do? What do we want our family mission to be? Or maybe it's as granular as feeling like, We're going to do a devotion every night before bed from 6.30 to 7 p.m. And we're all going to be gathered around in the living room and the fireplace is going to be going and everyone's just can't wait to hear about God. You know, we have kind of like some of these ideas that we get in our mind. And honestly, a lot of them are good. Like we desire to love our kids well. We want to serve them. We want to raise them in the Lord. And we have a lot of important things, right? Pieces of the puzzle that we've put as pictures. And what I have experienced over the last 11 years of being a mom is that like, I am not able to actually achieve all of those things. I am not enough. I'm not going to be enough for my kids. There is not enough of me to go around to meet everyone's needs. Just like any person, like I have off days, I have tired days. We have days where we get really busy. We have days where we don't put first things first. There are situations that come up with our kids where I don't know what to do. I don't have the wisdom that I need to navigate that situation. And God has put circumstances in our lives that I did not foresee, that I could not have foreseen, that have radically changed the way that we need to go about family life in ways that look different from my vision originally. And so it's really brought me to a place where I've had to accept not just the life that I thought God was going to give us as a family, but the life that He actually gave us and follow His leading in the circumstances that I actually have, not the circumstances that I thought I would have or the circumstances that we wanted. And I think for us, some of that has had to do with disability. My son is nonverbal. And so he is, he turned eight and he does not use any words. And he just started walking independently a year ago, but still greatly struggles with mobility, even things like getting in and out of a chair or getting in and out of a car. 
And so his needs on a daily basis are extremely high. He really takes an adult with him at all times, helping him navigate life, eat food, transition from one activity to another. And of course, we also have four other kids that are busy and they've got things they're supposed to bring to school tomorrow. And where's my jersey? And where's my football flag? And all of those questions are still coming up. And so I think I have just in that seen my incredible need for God to give me strength and lead me in the day-to-day by the power of the Holy Spirit. I have seen my incredible need for others to help me in what God has given. I think there was a time where I imagined like, I'm going to be super mom and I'm going to be able to do it all on my own, right? I feel like we see that sometimes on Instagram where it's like, I'm growing our own food and I'm hand washing all of our clothes and I'm homeschooling all of our kids and I'm doing all the discipline and we're doing all these activities and our life looks very aesthetic. And I believe like there are some people who genuinely like that is the gifting and capacity that God has given them. But like, that's not what it looks like in my life. And I have had to figure out, God, what does it look like to walk by your strength and live faithfully in the motherhood that you've given me and to not walk in shame or guilt around that, right? And so to be able to say, yep, when I find sin, I want to repent of it. I want to turn from it. But then also like there's a whole lot of things that are not sin that I just got to trust you in, Lord, and trust that your grace is going to be enough and that you're going to do far more than I could ever understand or imagine even in and through my weakness. Hmm. And again, like as we wake up every day and hopefully we're growing in or already have a routine of being in God's word every day, I think I go back to what you were just saying prior to that is that we have to be people of humility and we're probably not because in our humanness and our brokenness, we're probably not going to wake up in a character of humility. (laughs) That's not probably most people's bent. I don't know. Maybe I'm only speaking for myself, but I just think, gosh, like even as you say all those things, I feel the weight of, yeah, I often feel like I have to have it all together. I want to have it all together. I want to show up for, and all of them are good things. I want to love on my family. I want to serve my husband. I want to be the best employee and steward my job well. Like they are all good things. And I think that's the tension we feel as Christian women is saying like, well, things aren't bad, but then also what is this? And so I think, again, we're going back to like, hey, how are you starting your day? How are you setting yourself up to say like, no, Lord, this is your day. You have given me another day to steward well. How am I going to do that? What do you want my time to go to? What do you want my energy to go to? How do you want me to love people? And I think that is just like the constant tension we feel like there's a lot of good things, but how do we navigate cutting out maybe some good things for stewarding those things well? And again, it goes back to being humble and being in his character, but we only can be in that and know his character if we're actually in it for ourselves and having an intimate relationship with him. That's good. Yeah, that's so. true. As we're talking about all of this, like I'm sitting actually like me personally in a week in a week of feeling really weak, like physically, spiritually, emotionally, like drained from some life circumstances. And I just wanted to ask for people that are feeling this way, what is some encouragement or tips do you have like when we're in it? Because just from personal experience without sharing like everything that's happening, that would be like a whole episode. There's just been so many moments this week where 
even like the physical exhaustion of being like, okay, I'm laying in bed right now. My alarm just went off. I'm emotionally drained from what's happening. I have to get up and like push forward of me just having to ask God, like, God, please help me get through this like hour of up and getting my kids to school. Like, let me just start there. And just not even sometimes having the energy to sit and to really communicate with God the way I'm desiring to. But I've seen and felt God's presence so much in the ways that I'm able to just ask for like the little help. Like I cannot do this without you, Lord. I need your strength. So for me, for anyone else feeling that way, what would you say? How would you encourage us? Yeah. Well, I felt that way a lot. (laughs) I feel that way, I think, most weeks. And one kind of practical thought I would have is that sometimes I've noticed when we get to that point where we feel overwhelmed or we feel like we're weak in every area, it's because we're kind of convoluting a lot of different feelings and a lot of different experiences that we have. And if I can, when I get into those situations, I try to find a pocket of time to be able to like sort of unravel all of the different things that are going on and start to look in each one of those categories. Why am I feeling that way? What's contributing to that? And Lord, what, if anything, do I need to do about that? So for instance, right, like we are whole people. There is an element of, let's say, physical weakness that we're feeling. I know that after like the first full year of my son having epilepsy, my cortisol levels were like through the roof. My adrenals were a mess. My hormones were a mess because I had just like been in fight or flight mode for months and months and months and months. And so like when my body felt weak, it was because like actual changes had happened within my body as a result of not really taking care of myself the way I needed to in order to care well for someone else. And so when I started to unravel that and say, okay, part of the reason why I'm feeling weak right now is because I've not taken care of the very real human limitations, the real human way that God has created me in like meeting some of my own basic needs. So what do I do about that? Well, it's been a long process, but I have started to do some different things with my nutrition. I have like a really small walking goal every day. Like there are little things that I do now that say, hey, this helps me in this area by God's grace, through God's wisdom, through his leading, I have started to grow some strength in this area that I did not have. I've kind of asked, hey, how am I going to fortify this area of my life where I feel weak? It could be an area where you look at it and you realize like, I have this conviction. I have this thing that I want to do every day, but I'm just not very good at being consistent in that. Well, Maybe it's taking that before the Lord and asking him for his creativity, his help, again, his leading. Maybe it's a friend or a resource that he provides in your life to help you grow in that area. Or maybe as you start to unravel it, you notice like one of the things I noticed is I'm walking through significant grief, right? Like there is no sin in grief. God has brought this circumstance into my life. And it is a huge thing to carry and a huge thing to process. And so, yeah, I'm going to feel weak some mornings when I wake up because I am walking with something that is sad and hard and it's going to affect me. And I don't have to beat myself up about that. I do have to go to the Lord with it. But 
I can say, yep, there's going to be a reasonable period of time where like, I'm just going to be walking with a limp through everyday life because this is painful and this is hard. And so when I pull out the frozen pizza, I don't have to be like, I'm such a bad mom. I can go, I'm processing grief right now. And this is really hard. And this is the way that I can provide right now for my kids. And that's enough. So I think it's complex. And so I think if someone can kind of start to like sort out the different specifics and then see how God would lead them in that, it's really helpful. And I think another area for me that really helped was trying to understand what narratives were going through my head when I got into a situation of weakness. And I think going back to talking about personality, there are some people who are very like, I'm scared of my weakness. I don't like weakness at all. I want to like ignore it and avoid it as much as possible. And then I think there are some people that tend more towards like wallowing in weakness or feeling like self-pity or just being kind of like, woe is me. It's all these things around me and it's not my fault and I can't help it. And so I think kind of starting to notice like, which are you knowing nothing is black and white and what narratives tend to come into your mind whenever that thought of weakness hits. Being able to identify that and go, you know what? Whenever I'm feeling weak, I start to spiral into woe is me and this isn't my fault and there's nothing I can do about it. Or do you tend to spiral into, okay, you just need to tough it out. You just need to keep going. You need to find another resource and notice that like that narrative in your head, like neither of those are consistent with what God's word says to do about our weakness, right? Paul, I don't have the verse in front of me, but he like boasts in his weakness, right? Because Christ strength is made perfect in his weakness. And Paul was saying, hey, there's a thorn in my flesh. There's these things that are happening in my ministry that are really, really hard. But I have learned to see that in whatever those things are, when I take it to the Lord and I rest in him, Christ's strength is there. So there's so many ways that he helps us in our weakness. That's really encouraging. And I love like the practical side too, that's like based on what God says is true. Like we do have to have both hand in hand. So I love that idea of like sorting through all the feelings and like figuring out what you maybe can address and what you just need to like be able to sit in like that grief or process appropriately. So that was really good wisdom. One thing we've been talking about the podcast recently it reminds me of a couple conversations we've had is that a lot of our Christian walk and just life in general, but obviously if you call yourself a follower of Christ, I think it can look different because we have the hope of Jesus that a lot of this sometimes almost feels mundane. Like we were talking about date nights the other day of like, hey, if we don't feel like we want to put in the work for a date night, it's like, no, it's worth it because you just don't know what's coming around the corner and you're building the blocks for a firm foundation. Obviously, like that's an analogy used a lot in the Bible. And so I think this weakness and experiencing weakness or walking through grief as you're talking about. I think those same things stand when you talk through like habits and rituals you have in your life of like reading God's word daily or community and having people that you bring into that. It reminds me of like what you were saying earlier that like I have learned that bringing other people into my weakness, like I was not good at that. And now I am really good at it. You're like, no, I've recognized that there's purpose in how God has placed people in my life that I can call on them. And so like, even as we've walked through the past couple of weeks, Samantha, like I have told you over and over again, I'm like, I'm so proud of how you've pulled people in that like, that is not easy. It is not a fun place to be. It doesn't come naturally. I mean, you said this is so hard, 
But I think you've practiced that, though. And I think we have to be people to say, no, I'm going to put this effort forward, maybe because I don't feel like I need it right now, but you don't know what's to come. And we have to be people who are practicing those things so that when hardship comes, because we are promised and told like we will have hardship, that we can prepare and be in like habits of being able to do that well. So I just love everything you've said, Emily. Can you tell people where they can find your book? We are going to be releasing this right around the time, but let people know where you can find it. Sure. Well, if you want more information, you can go to my website at emilyajensen.com. I've got a whole page dedicated to Hea Strong with lots of links to places you can buy it. Although I'm sure you can find it at any major retailer where you enjoy shopping. There's an Audible version as well, which is exciting. Are you reading the Audible version? Yes. Yeah, yes, I love I that. I love it. when yes. the author narrates. Yes. yes. So fun. fun fact, they make you audition to do that. Really? Wait, really? Yes. You're like, just because they're yes. my words, I don't get first pick? Well, no. I could see what if you were like a very monotone person. I mean, you're a podcaster too, so you know how to speak well. And I love, yeah, your voice is like very Wait, soothing I didn't to me. know that. That's do you have cool. to audition reading the whole thing or just like a portion? No, you just have to read a portion. Okay. That's wow. awesome. Oh, okay. Did you feel good about your audition? I'm not <laughs> I curious. So. Obviously, she got it. Well, she I got know, the part. but I'm like, what if you were like, oh, I'm really nervous. What if I don't get this? I mean, obviously, someone would good. Yeah, no, it's great. I was so glad that they let me do that because at least he is strong as like so personal. Like yes. there's so many personal stories in it. I was like, how weird would that be yeah. to listen to someone else read it? Yeah, yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. Yes, that's amazing. Well, we'll also make sure to like link all of the places and your website in our show notes so people can easily find it. But we're super excited. I got to glance at it and it looks beautiful. So I can't wait to hear more. And just thank you again for all the wisdom you have in all of the work that you do, just creating content for people to consume to learn more about Jesus. So we have loved chatting with you today. And thanks for your time. Thank you, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Truly, I loved being here and getting to know you guys better. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.